This is the Lions Unchained podcast, where the shackles of your mind are broken. It's not for the faint-hearted, but the chosen few who've embraced the call to leadership, dare to venture where others will not, and believe in God's supernatural power. Join Carl Joseph now for a life-changing word. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. Let's continue our study of the nine spiritual gifts, friend, and today we will discuss the gift of the word of knowledge. Let's read our key passage once more in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. As I said, today we will focus upon the gift of the word of knowledge. Now there is no mention of the gift of knowledge in the Bible specifically, as some surmise. Like I said before, God can empower you with wisdom or knowledge, as outlined in Daniel chapter 1 verse 17, where he and his three friends were bestowed with knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. But today I'm talking about the gift of the word of knowledge specifically, as outlined in 1 Corinthians 12. Remember, the word of knowledge falls under the umbrella of the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Because when these gifts are in operation, they reveal something to us. Now, this gift of the word of knowledge, by definition, is the supernatural revelation by the Holy Ghost of certain facts in the mind of God concerning the past or present, but never the future. As we mentioned yesterday, the word of wisdom concerns the future plan and will of God, but the word of knowledge concerns the past and present. Now, God is all-knowing, but he certainly isn't going to reveal everything he knows to man. He just gives us a word or part of what he knows. A word is a part of a sentence, not the whole thing. Remember the word of God says in 1 Corinthians 13, we know in part and we prophesy in part. It also says later, we peer through the glass darkly, so we don't know it all. We have to trust God and walk by faith 99% of the time. And in some instances, the Lord will graciously manifest this gift of the word of knowledge for our benefit. But we don't live by words of knowledge or words of wisdom in the day to day. No, friend, we live by God's word and the leading of the Holy Spirit within our heart. And so you must not become reliant upon spiritual gifts for guidance. And usually, but not always, it is a confirmation of what God has already revealed to you. As I have stated, man can acquire knowledge through the pursuit of education, certainly, but this is not the word of knowledge. It's also not the profound ability to quote scriptures or have vast knowledge of the Bible either, no. A word of knowledge, by definition, is supernatural information that comes from the Holy Spirit that's simply impossible for you to know with your natural mind. 
For example, in my own life, there were times when I've gone through job changes and the Lord revealed to me there were certain companies who were interested in my skill set and they were keen to hire me after interview, but their lack of timely communication seemed to indicate the contrary. I don't know if you've had to deal with a HR process before with some major companies, but they don't always express their interest very clearly because they have so many approvals and processes to go through. So knowing this information kept me in peace and caused me not to waste time elsewhere with more interviews, knowing that I had that job as the Holy Spirit had revealed. God also let me know several times practical things like when my tires needed to be pumped up, which may seem trivial, but who knows how many accidents have been averted because of this information. Friend, God cares about you intimately, and that may seem trivial, but he cares deeply for you. God's also reminded me about promises I made to call someone back over the phone. It's just the small things like that that can be categorized as a word of knowledge. Some Old Testament examples of the word of knowledge include when the prophet Samuel informed the future King Saul of the whereabouts of his donkeys. In fact, there are several instances in the Old Testament where the word of knowledge was utilized to inform people of lost property. And I will share a modern day example of that with you shortly later in this broadcast. But for now, let's read 1 Samuel 9 verses 19 through 20. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me unto the high place, for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let you go, and will tell you all that is in your heart. And as for your asses that were lost three days ago, set not thy mind on them, for they are found. God let Samuel, the prophet and seer, know via a supernatural word to Saul that the donkeys he'd lost three days ago had been found, so he didn't have to worry about them. In another instance involving King Saul, when it was time for him to be proclaimed as king in front of the people of Israel, he disappeared from sight. When it says in 1 Samuel 10.22, he, speaking of King Saul, hid among the stuff or equipment. So when the people couldn't find him, they inquired of the Lord, and he revealed to them exactly where Saul was. When they looked where God had said Saul was there, sure enough. Remember, the word of knowledge reveals certain facts in the mind of God and reveals information that cannot be known to the natural mind in the present or past tense. Elijah, too, had instances of the word of knowledge in operation. Once in 1 Kings 19.14, he was on the run from Jezebel and climbed under a juniper tree and begged God to let him die. He falsely claimed that he was the only prophet left in town and everyone else had bowed their knee to Baal. But God revealed to him through a word of knowledge that he wasn't the only one left. In fact, there were still 7,000 people reserved to God and faithful to him. Once again, further on in the book of 2 Kings, God revealed that Gehazi, who was Elisha's assistant, had taken two talents of silver from Balaam for his services, and Elisha saw in the spirit when this occurred, and that Gehazi was lying to him when he said, Went not mine heart with you when the man turned again from the chariot unto thee? How could Elisha, sitting in his house, all those miles away, know possibly that Gehazi did this, except God revealed it through a word of knowledge, friend? In yet another example, Elisha was told by God of the tactical strategies of the king of Syria in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8-12, through 12, even to the point of knowing what the king was saying in his own bedroom. Friend, this is supernatural knowledge. 
One example of the word of knowledge in the New Testament is the case of the Apostle Peter in the town of Joppa. And I'm reading from Acts 10, verses 9 through 19. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray in about the sixth hour. He became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they were made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Peter, kill and eat. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house, and stood before the gate, and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek you. Peter came out of his trance, but he knew supernaturally in his spirit, without anyone telling him, that indeed three men were looking for him. These men were standing at the gate, and he had not seen them with his natural eyes. Now we should bear in mind that a word of knowledge can come to us in a dream, a vision, and trance, or even from an angel, according to the biblical record, so we don't choose how this gift manifests to us. Don't forget that Jesus operated in the word of knowledge also when he met the woman at the well in John 4.18. When he said to her, You have said, Well, I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and he whom you now hast is not your husband. In that said you truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. But you might say, Well, this happened because Jesus was the Son of God. He can do anything. No, friend, he was a man anointed by and baptized in the Holy Spirit as we are. Remember, he laid aside his deity when he came to the earth. Now, another example of the word of knowledge operating in my own life is a few years back now. My wife and I were sitting together in the living room chatting one night when all of a sudden we felt a strong urge that my sister-in-law was in imminent danger. As we sought the Lord, it became evident we needed to pray for her immediately, which we did for about 30 minutes or so. My wife could see distress on her sister's face in the spirit as she prayed, and we kept praying until we felt assurance that she was okay. To cut a long story short, several weeks later, we came to find out around the time we prayed for her, she was involved in a very serious car accident. The car had flipped over. It fell in a ditch. And because of the immense rainfall, she was trapped and was in danger of drowning. Fortunately, and due to our prayers, I believe, she was able to escape the upturned vehicle and crawl to safety. But she later confirmed to us that she did indeed nearly drown because she was very shook up over the whole ordeal. More often than not, when I get a word of knowledge, it's something God is warning me about or something he wants me to pray about as soon as possible. But not always. And this is one example of that. Now, I'll give you another example uh, that's kind of funny, but true. While I was living in Houston, Texas, several years ago, I befriended a lovely little old lady called Mrs. Lou from the Philippines. Now, this lady loved God. She was Catholic. She went to church. Every time the doors were opened, she was devout. And I was trying to share a few things with her about the Lord speaking to her directly and that she had an intercessor and she didn't even have to go to the priest. She could just talk to the Lord one-on-one. But she wasn't having any of that. 
She didn't really care much for it. But anyway, she liked to cook for me, so I wasn't complaining. My waistline was very blessed as a single man because she was a great cook. Anyway, back to the story. So one night, Mrs. Lou calls me up at 2.30 in the morning. Yes, 2.30 in the morning. I was just fast asleep. She was freaking out on the other side of the line. When I got settled, it became clear that she had lost her wedding ring. Now, she was a widow, and her husband had died many years prior, so this was very important to her, and I understood that. I said to her I would ask the Lord, and I started praying in the Spirit. I put the phone down. I got quiet. I continued to pray and listen on the inside. I'll be honest with you. I was half awake and not feeling very spiritual at the time, I can tell you. However, after a while, I got three words. Those three words were, under the bed. I called her back and said, Mrs. Lou, have you looked under the bed? She said, I have. That's the first place I looked. Are you kidding me? But I was sure that the Lord told me. So I insisted, go back and look under the bed again. I heard her rustling. And then she came back to the phone a few minutes later and was really excited, saying that she indeed had found the ring. And it was hidden under the bedpost. Praise God. This is yet another example of the word of knowledge. Supernatural knowledge that came to me without any of my senses. And an example of this wonderful gift. Friend, these gifts are given for a reason, and sometimes they can mean life or death, but not always. This is not a game where we sit around the fireplace and exchange spiritual gifts for fun. These gifts have been granted for our benefit, our protection, our guidance, and even safety on occasion. Friend, I ask you today to stir up the gift within you. Just if you've judged the gifts wrongly in the past, or your past has told you that they're not for today, or that they are of the works of the devil, friend, cast these lies aside right now. In your quiet time, ask the Lord and say, Lord, I want to I move in these gifts again. I want to move in these gifts. And he will give you the desires of your heart, friend, as you activate and operate faith in these areas. What a blessing it is to move in the gifts of the Spirit. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who has witnessed God's miraculous power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl covers topics such as geopolitics, current affairs, cults, societal trends, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.